You are listening to the When Life Stops podcast, season two, with your host, Daytola and Stella. We are both moms who have loved and lost, and we're so glad to have you listening. Every week, you would hear more about our stories, some relatable interviews, as well as practical tips that you can apply to help you find new meaning after loss. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the When Life Stops podcast, season two, which your amiable host, the taller and my humble self, Stella. Hello, everyone. So excited to be back today. We are on episode nine. Yes, episode <laughs> nine. <laughs> what a journey. What a journey. Yep. <laughs> so grief is the conflicting feeling caused by the end or change in a familiar pattern or behavior. And this is according to the Grief Recovery Handbook. We, we make reference to this in our podcast and we have established that there are over 40 live events that cause grief and today we're going to be talking about one of those live events which is divorce divorce usually means the end or death of a marriage and all the dreams hopes that went into it and the death of a marriage like any loss requires a grieving process for healing so true stella and today we have the pleasure of having a very special guest with us we're going to be having a conversation with her her name is shubi labinger and i just want to welcome you to the when life stop podcast thank you so much for accepting our invitation to come talk about such a delicate topic um, and we know that our listeners are going to be inspired and encouraged by your story so welcome shubi Thanks for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. Yeah. So delighted. Yeah. We are so thrilled that you're here with us. So let, let's dive in. Let's dive in really quickly. So can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are, who is Shubi? Um, so my name is Shubi Lebinjo. My name is actually Ola Shubomi. But because people kind of find it difficult to pronounce, I just Shubi. Um... <laughs> Um, I'm 44. I used to be a lawyer in another lifetime, um, but now, um, <laughs> but now I'm an administrator. I'm a mother of three teenagers, and I'm a Christian. And yeah, I love life, and I try to attack it with vigor whenever I can, however I can. So yeah, that's me. I love it. I love that your tagline, attacking life with vigor. <laughs> How did that all come about? <laughs> um, I don't know, really. I think it was after, you know, the the great thing that happened to me, my husband, my marriage packed up and, you know, um, it just, I just was like, look, you know, no, life is not going to get the better of me. I'm going to attack him with vigor. And yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Awesome. Okay. So we want to get into a little bit of your story. So please share with us, you know, about your marriage. When did you get married and when did things begin to change? Um, so I got married. So I met my husband at the age of 20 in 97. We're both in uni. And for me, it was love at first sight. I was actually dating somebody then. And when I met him, I broke up with the, and they had the same names, <laughs> funny. And so when I met him, I broke up with the other Tokumbo. And yeah, um, it started a journey, you know, it was love. We got married. Um, my parents initially didn't approve. Um, but so I gave them the ultimatum that is either I marry this guy or that's it. They they quickly came on board. Um, and yeah, we got married, we had kids. Um, and then the red flags that are showing. And we actually dated for six years before we got married. We got married in 2003 and you know, had three kids. We moved here in 2005, moved to the UK in 2005. And then, you know, all kinds of issues that are coming up. 
and it got to the point where, um, I mean, even at a baby, he had a child, <clears throat> excuse me, he had a child outside wedlock. That didn't wow. deter me. Yeah, I was still determined to make my marriage work because when I got married, it was forever. Mm. You know, I had, this was my forever. So, um, but then it got to the point where my sanity mm. and I felt like my life was at, date, was at risk. Um, my children were at risk because it was such a toxic situation for my children as well. And so I just made that decision and I called him. I said, you know what, you know, let's just pack it in. Mm. And even from the moment of packing it in, it was a it was an uphill task up until so in 2017, you know, I made that decision. And then up until 2020, actually, it was such a toxic situation. But the way God turned it around for me, it's a miracle and a testimony that I'll willingly share, you know, with anybody who's willing to hear it. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Just out of curiosity, you said there was um, a child out of wedlock. Was this before you got married or during? Oh, no, 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 no. This was 2015. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, this is 2015. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you know, um, yeah, 2015. It was you know my 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 older daughter, you know, discovered it for a series of messages that uh, came through her I, because her iPad was linked to his phone, so that's how it was discovered. And it was oh such a such a heartbreaking situation. Um, well, yeah, we made it through. You know, we made it through the storm and we're here. You know, the boy is actually, he's what, six now? Yeah, he's going to be six in November. And, you know, the the the, the bright side of it is that my marriage packed up, but my children gained a brother. So, oh, wow. That's, That's such a, a beautiful, beautiful way. Beautiful way to look <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, head, I mean, that did not even promise me that I did. <laughs> I didn't think about, but yeah, it's sometimes you need to find the beauty in the oh, ashes. Oh yeah, yeah, beautiful ashes. I always say, beautiful. Yeah. God Definitely. will always give you beautiful ashes. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, we all we are all we are we're Africans, Nigeria, we're all Nigerians, and that mix of being Christian and being African, sometimes it's yeah. a double-edged sword, if you think about it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, we all know that divorce is usually frowned on. And even though you've kind of summarized your story, I can imagine, because I always imagine that if you're Christian and African, before you would decide you're going to get divorced, it wouldn't be because, oh, he didn't put, you know, the tissue the right way or... Do you see what I mean? It won't be for something flimsy. Women typically, I think, would get to a point where they're like, I can't do this anymore. So for you, yes, you made that decision, but how did you now grieve the end of your emotion? What were some of the emotions you ran through? Can you share? Oh, um, um, throughout the it was, um, it was a gamut of emotions. Um, but one thing I would say is that my parents are very unlike, they're not the typical African parents because I come from a very supportive family. We're just three, my brothers, I have two brothers and myself, I'm the middle child and my parents, you know, okay. So when, before we got married, I got pregnant and, you know, when I told my parents, my, my dad had a meeting with him and said, look, you don't have to marry my daughter. You know, she would she would want for nothing. You know, so just let me know what you want to do. Let me know how you want to be involved, and we'll take it from there. So he he, he even actually had to formally ask for my hand in marriage. Um, you know, and it was up to me. And you know, if I if I decided not to marry him, you know, my parents would have supported me hundred. Um, so coming from that background, so. When the problem started, my parents always said to me, should be anything you want, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> anything you want to do, we will support you 100%. And 
and so um and so unfortunately my dad died in 2010 um, my dad is my hero he's my first love you know, anybody that knows me knows how important my parents are to me so even before he died he always said to me look whatever you want to do 100% we're behind you and so when i made that decision i had the i had the grace of knowing that my parents sorry i keep coughing i'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> it's okay <laughs> So when, when I made that decision, I had the grace of knowing that my parents, my, my parents and my brothers were 100 percent um supportive. The, the the stigma actually came from the Christian community. Funny wow. enough, you know, the yeah. stigma like, oh, you have to stay in your marriage, you have to make it work, you have to. But the nights when I was thinking of ending it all, you weren't there. The nights mm. when I was thinking of how am I going to go from a married woman to a single woman. I was told that nobody would want me. I was told wow. all sorts of things from the Christian community. So I have a love-hate relationship with the community. Well, not love-hate. I have a, a very funny relationship with the Christian community. So for me, it was a case of, okay, this is, this is my lifeline. I have to make the decision for myself and I have to make the decision knowing that, okay, am I okay with God on this decision? If I'm okay with God on this decision, if I'm okay with my parents and my brothers on this decision, if my kids are okay on this decision, then every other person is just noise of the market. And that's how I, I made that decision. I, I have a very strong support system. I call them my clan. And the people that matter to me you know, supported me. And so I could face anybody, anybody that came with, ah, on top of all your gragga, because I was a lovey-dovey wife, oh, ah, I carried my <laughs> husband on my head, you know. So coming from that to, ah, they've left her for another woman. Mm. It was, it was horrible. It was horrible. And then I had my kids to consider, you know, them being in such, because my, it was a really toxic situation. There was verbal abuse, emotional abuse, um, there was some um, physical abuse as well, and you know it was really toxic. So I had to remove. I had to make that decision that my kids, and it's still a process because my kids are still dealing with the aftermath. My kids still, you know, we still have seasons bouts of bouts of anger. We have bouts of you know flaring up and acting out. And it all stems from the, you know, the toxicity. I feel it stems from the toxicity that they were, um, they were exposed to. So yeah, it's still, we're still dealing with it. We're still in the process. But yeah, it was either my life or my marriage, and I chose my life at the end of the day. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I, if, from what I'm hearing, you know, what was really key was having that support system that support system to rely on and fall back on, you know, and the, 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 the crux of the matter is the decision was made when you, you were, you were satisfied that this was the right decision that you had to make, you know, for yourself and for your children, regardless of, you know, what everybody external thought and you had your family supporting you, you know, and I think that is so, that is so key, you know, and, we all need to make sure that as we go through life, as we journey through life, we have that core, that support system that holds our hands through the life, you know, through life's ups and downs. So thank you so much for sharing that. 100%. You know. 100%. Yeah, I know you've touched a little about um, some of the things that, you know, the, the stigma that came and where it came from. Um, can you just highlight for us some of the things that were said and done to you <laughs> that, made it, <laughs> that made it difficult for you to heal from the pain of your loss and what helped you eventually heal? Yeah, so I, um, so I went into counseling in church and I was told that, oh, you know, I was looking for a definite, like, okay, you know, it feels like you're in danger, some some type of, because I always say that, look, do everything you can for your marriage, but if you're in danger, then you need to leave, you know, whether it's physical danger, whether it's emotional danger, if there's danger, if there's a sign of danger, you need to leave. So I went into 
you know, canceling in church thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to be supported. I'm going to be, because I didn't want to leave my marriage, but obviously, you know, I needed some kind of guidance from church. And I was told, no, you can't leave your marriage. I can't tell you to leave your marriage. So what are you telling me to do then? If you're telling me not to leave my marriage, and you know that I'm going through such trauma. What are you saying? Exactly, <laughs> what are you saying? And then um, I noticed that I stopped getting invited to stuff with married people, which is fine. Um, I noticed that people, you know, like I said, someone told me, who's going to marry you with three kids? Wow. And first off, whoever said anything about wanting to get married again, mm. you know, but nobody cared about that. You know, hardly anybody asked me, show me, how are you coping? Are you okay? Very, very few people who are part of my clan, you know, mm. asked me, but the, the, the church community was, always, it was just about saving face. It was about, you know, um, how we, how we makes them look as opposed to mm. how are you really? You know, um, I removed myself from a lot of um, groups uh, dealing with doing with having to do with marriage. Um, you know, people initially prayer points were like, "Oh, you know, her husband will come back." Her husband, no, it's focus on it's not the marriage. Focus on the individual in the marriage. If it's not working, and I'll. The church is to get to a point where if it's not working, there's no, one, there's no marriage in heaven. Two, I always say God loves a divorcee. He hates divorce, but he loves the divorcee. So can you please focus on God loves the divorcee, you know, and maybe then we can start having honest, true conversations about the trauma of divorce, because I don't think the church actually deals with it in a good way from my experience. You know, the church was not my haven when I was going through mine. You know, so that's my experience. It could be different for somebody else, but my experience, I would not say the church was my haven. Mm. Wow. However, <laughs> now that I'm better, people seem to want to associate with me now. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. So it makes me feel some type of way. And that's why I don't really like people because, <laughs> nah, you show me who you are. You're not going to come back and try and pretend to be, oh, shit. No, don't do that. <laughs> you know but yeah. don't, don't do that don't do that now <laughs> we, we don't like it but wow i mean thank you for sharing that and I, I don't know if this is this is my place to say that on behalf of the church we apologize <laughs> <laughs> you know but i just feel like there I mean, should be an apology. So. of course <laughs> make, that must you know that must account for something yeah i mean like having a relationship with god and have a relationship with the church as two different things. So, hundred percent, you know, hundred percent. And oh, just hearing uh, you said something—the trauma of living a marriage. The church isn't dealing with that. They're some, you know, they're busy pointing fingers. I mean, it's already yeah, bad enough that you've had to walk through the process of living a marriage, which is causing you grief. But then the aftermath. Who's helping us, you know, who's helping divorcees go through that? So thank you for, for highlighting that. And you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, you carried your husband on your head. And for those who are non-Nigerian, that means, you know, you are dedicated to him. You oh, do, yeah. You know, stuff mm. for him and with him. And so obviously with divorce comes the death of certain roles you had, a wife, um, a friend, a uh, partner and all of those things yeah um how did you rediscover or reinvent yourself in such a way that you were able to move forward in life after the death of those roles so 24 2017 when I decided to leave my marriage um I was 40 and it was such a significant year for me um so when I left it was like I had died in the marriage. So me leaving was a kind of um, a rebirth. And um, even though I was leaving and I was very, I was serving and I was doing life. For me, it was like, 
I, I had lost the sense of who I was. I had lost my identity in the marriage. I was so into my marriage, I'd lost, you know, sense of self. And so I, I, I intentionally began to rediscover myself. Mm. Um, you know, I love acting. I love the things that I loved that I wasn't supported with in my marriage. I started to, you know, go after them. You know, I love to host events. I started doing that again. I love to, you know, the things I love to do, I intentionally went after them. Um, you know, um, but one thing I said was, you know, one thing I tried to do after I, I made that decision was like, look, the fact that we're, we're not together, we have three amazing kids, let us co-parent. Um, he wasn't on board because he was, he, I don't know for what reason, he was angry. He was a very angry person, you know, um, and he he tried to make life really difficult. You know, he tried, he really tried, but um, I stayed on the course. Let's be civil. Let's make it work. Let's co-parent. Let's, that was my mantra you know, throughout the, the, from 2017, that was my mantra. We're not together again, but less co-parents, less be civil. But he wasn't having it. So it was really difficult for me um, to get on with my life. And then social media became my best friend. You know, even when I, I will finish crying and I'll upload a happy video, um, mm. I would... Well, I wouldn't dress up. I wouldn't intentionally dress up, but the days that I dressed up, I make sure that I took pictures, you know, that everybody that knows me knows that if you're around me, I'm going to take your picture. You know, I just started throwing myself into little, little, I started taking delight in little joys of life, like taking a good picture, like hanging out with my kids when they, when they wanted to hang out with me because teenagers are another topic entirely. Um, I just started being intentional about life. And I, used, I became very intentional about the people I surrounded myself with even more. Because like I said, people have shown me their true colors and I'm a very, I'm very big on, I'm very big on authenticity. I'm very big on loyalty. So if you, if you move mad, I'm gonna, you know. So I, I just became very intentional about life. You know, even the days where I would slip back into depression, because I did think I had depression, it wasn't diagnosed, but I would slip back into a dark place. You know, I, I, I threw myself into worship. If he worship, I threw myself into worship. Like I can worship anytime, anywhere, any place. And if my worship annoys you, it's okay. But it is me that knows what I know why I'm worshiping the way I'm worshiping. Because God kept me sane in a, in a time of insanity. God gave me peace in this time of storm. So worship became my weapon. You know, after, you know, very toxic, if, if, he, if, I've, if I just met with him and it was a bad situation, I would throw myself into worship. Or I was, you know, I would, I just became very intentional about life. Very intentional. And yeah, it, it's worked for me so far. I have, yeah, it's worked for me. Wow. 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 Thank you so much for sharing that, you know, and one of the things that you said that I really liked was the fact that you were intentional about beginning the process of rediscovering yourself. You know, no one else did that for us, no, you know, no. have to take that on, you know, and you went after the things that you loved, you, you, you said finding joy in the little things of life. So powerful, so powerful, you know, and the fact that worship became your weapon, you know, so thank you so much for sharing this. So for anyone who is listening, you know, I hope that you're, you're picking some gems as Shubi shares her story. It's, it's so imp inspiring to hear you, you know, talk about the little things that you did, the not so little things now that we, we talk about them because they've made yes. such a huge impact in your healing yeah you know, so thank yeah, you so I mean, much I would, I took, he would, you know he would tell me he was he would tell me stuff like oh why are you worshiping oh, your god you know i was mocked mm. but i was focused on that worship like no you're not going to take you might take a lot of things from but my worship you're not going to take from me 
So yeah, it wow. was intentional, yeah. Wow, and that that brings me very nicely to the next question, which you know we we all often say that what keeps people stuck in that cycle of unhealthy grief is blame, guilt, and unforgiveness. You know, and you've just touched very you know on guilt. You know, trying to make you feel guilty. But were there any other feelings? You know, where personal guilt came in or self-blame as to why your marriage didn't work oh absolutely absolutely yeah. i felt like a failure hundred mm. and it didn't help that you know the the church community at large you know um kind of tends to make a somebody who's made that decision try to make them feel like they're failures like oh marriage is the be all and end all i absolutely felt like a failure um I absolutely thought, oh, maybe if I'd been slim. He never complained about my size, to be fair, because when we started the journey, I was slim. But then obviously kids and all of that, you know, um, weight was an issue. For me, he never complained about that. But, you know, um, sorry, I sidetracked. But for me, it was a case of, oh, could I have done this better if I'd mm-hmm. lost weight, um, you know, if I'd been sexier if I've been freaky you know you blame yourself you know but then I said no I I've turned to 2017 like I said was a pivotal year and I said no no you know yes you know maybe if I prayed harder if I'd done this if I'd done that but it stops here yeah you know acceptance when when you go through that the gamut of emotions you know, you feel like a failure, you feel guilty, or oh, my children no longer have a father who stays in the house, this, that, that, and the other. You come to a place of acceptance that it is what it is. You know, life has given you lemons. Now make the sweetest lemonade and keep it moving. You know. So profound, so profound. I mean, I, I, and I know that um, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, just you sharing your story shows that you've gone through a process, you know, reflected and all of those things, because for you to get to a place where you're no longer blamed, I mean, I'm sure those thoughts might come once in a while, but you've been able to fortify yourself with the right thoughts. So I really commend you on that. And I'm just encouraged hearing you say that because I know that someone might be listening here thinking um, it's all my fault. And again, Sometimes it's blame placed on us. Oh, you, you, you're not, if your husband wants sex every day, give it to him. You're not dressing. Mm-hmm. I got that too. So, yeah, I got that too. Yeah. You know, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. When in my head, I'm like, he has free will. He has a mind. Anyway, let's not get into that. <laughs> I'm going off tangents now. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask a bit about your children. You've mentioned, you know, that obviously they were affected by the divorce. Yeah. Um, how were you able to support them in that season? So we kind of know, yeah, of course, they, they were, you know, they, you shared some of how it's affected them, but mm. how were you able to, to what, some of, what are some of the practical ways you were able to support them? Um, and that you still okay, supporting so, them? Yeah, still supporting them. Because um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lifetime journey, isn't it? Um, so I must say that even though my marriage ended, um, and even though that as 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 a couple it was it was toxic, my my ex is a good father. He loves his children, and I think that that was what God used to compensate me. That even though you know this situation is what it is, this man loves his children, and I I was very intentional about not getting not turning them because a lot of women the mistake they make is that they're fighting with the guy so they turn the children against him they block access to the children but from the get-go I was like no I'm not doing that even lawyers said to me oh do this do this do I said no he's a good father and that's why I kept asking him let's co-parent let's be on the same page with these children we might not be good for each other but these are our children. We have their best interests at heart. So let's be a team on this. And that was my that is my mantra. So for me, it's a case of, so I had to keep telling them, like, look, 
your dad and I, we, we didn't work, but he loves you. He He's very intentional about you guys. So don't think, don't, don't, I, we, I had to be, so it was a case of focus on the fact that your dad loves you. Focus on the fact that your dad is intentionally trying to be there for you. Yes, he might not be there physically a lot of times, but, you know, when it comes to provide, he's a great provider. He's, um, he loves his children, you know. And so I was very intentional about not making it about me and just, you know, have your relationship with your dad outside of me. And I feel like even though we didn't get it right a lot of times, but that was the bedrock of my, you know, of my thinking that, okay, my children, you know, you have to have a relationship with your dad and you have to have a relationship with your brother because that's a factor as well. They have a brother, you know, so I was very intentional, you know, um, I was always saying, you know, so he was um, recently, he was away, he was out of the country for about three months. And I was always like, have you called your brother? Have you called your dad? That's who I am. I'm not trying to put it on. I'm not trying to make me feel good about myself, but life will go on regardless of who you are. So just make the best of it. And you have a brother. So be intentional about being in your brother's life, be intentional about hanging out with your dad. So I always supported them. You know, sometimes they will come, they'll say, oh, they don't want to go to his house. And, no, you're going because that's your dad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. So I was wow. very intentional about trying to make sense of the, of the toxicity of trying to make sense of the, of the whole situation, you know, trying to get the good out of it. You know, and then obviously I, I also, I, I was, I, I tried to get them cancelling so they can process their own emotions because as a mother, I can only do so much. They're individuals as well. And children of this generation, their mindsets, them, the way they think, it does, it's not the same as the way we think. So I, I try to get them into counseling just to process their emotions as well. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so um, instructive what you've just shared, you know, the fact that, the focus was not just about you. It was about making sure that the children heard how much they were loved by both parties. 100%. You know, and, yes. You know, and I think sometimes we have that tendency to want to seek sympathy, you know, you know, pick sides, you know, and in the long run, we're hurting and harming the children who don't want to choose, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, they oh, don't yes. want to pick sides, you know, and, the intentionality behind therapy, seeking therapy, you know, and this is something that we're encouraging a lot more families to consider. We that are from yeah. an African descent, there's nothing wrong in seeking therapy. There's nothing wrong in seeking counseling. You know, we have to get to that point where you're not, you're not looked at weird when you say, oh, I, went to I just came back. Counseling, yeah. I always say Jesus and counseling, you know? Yeah. Jesus yeah. and counseling. Just because you have Jesus doesn't mean you shouldn't go into counseling. You know. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. So true. So for so many people who have experienced um, a divorce, you know, there's this fear of being alone. You know, or <laughs> <laughs> this fear of not finding love again. You know, fear of a relationship or a marriage dying again. You know, and for some, for some people, it, it kind of causes them, you know, to rush, rush into relationships without possibly fully healing, you know, for, for anyone who is, is going on that part, you know, where they're like, okay, marriage is, is something that, you know, I want again, I want love again, I want to find that companionship again, but you know, how important is it to identify the fears that push us into relationships, especially when we are not healed already? So I would say heal first. Do everything you need to do to heal first. And even though healing is a process, um, be intentional about your healing. Um, I think a lot of Black women, and I'm, I say Black women because I'm a Black woman, um, we we are not intentional about our healing. I think it's our generation that's become even more intentional. And um, 
for me, now this is what's working for me. I love love. And while, and I know it's a bit controversial because the, when I've had these convers conversations, again with the Christian community, it's a case of, I said, I don't want to marry again. I'm very big on that. And when I, I recently went home um, to see my mom, I recently went back to Nigeria after 10 years. And my mom and I had that conversation. She said, Shibomi, what do you want to do? You know, do you want to get married again? And I said, no. And she said, okay. But she said, but, and I said, but I'm open to having a companion. I'm open to relationship. I'm open to companionship. Now, when I've had that conversation with Christian friends, it's a case of, ah, so you want to have a boyfriend. So how will you be doing the, you know, the do? Is that the only thing that's, you know, it, it's, is that the only factor in the relationship? I mean, like, can't you think of the companionship, having a friend, having somebody you can talk to, having emotions, and they're like, no, ah, no, but, you know, what if he asks you for sex? So I shut down when I had that conversation. Like, okay, you guys are not on the same page with me, and that's okay. That's how you feel, but now you're not going to ruin my own journey. Based on your own um, insecurities and based on your own whatever. So for me, it's a case of I love love. I would like to find love again, but I don't want to get married. So I'm having that conversation with God now. So God, how are we going to do this thing? Because I don't want to get married. So we have to do something, God. So that's a conversation I'm having now. But yeah, I mean, heal first. I'm in a great place. I'm loving my life. You know, I'm loving who I'm becoming. I'm mm. loving who I am with. I'm loving who, who I'm discovering. You know, I'm falling in love with myself again. Wow. You know, so, I mean, a, a companion would be great. But, yeah, I'm healing. I'm healing. And, yeah, if it, the thing is, don't let anybody come and tell you this is how you ought to do it. Get your direction from God. Now, God, God will not come down himself to say, uh, you know, he will obviously send people, but get your direction from God. And so I'm having that conversation with God now that I don't want to marry again. I've spent 20 years loving somebody. I don't want to be in that position again. But yeah, I would love to have love. So how are we going on this? You know, <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you're having these conversations with God and yeah. um, it's just so beautiful because religion makes it a, a, um, a case of do, don't do, do. This is what the Bible says. This is, we're not saying this is not what the Bible says, but this is the person in the relationship. This is real she, life. She, this is real life and she knows how it is doing her. I'm speaking too many Nigerian English today. <laughs> you know? So I love that you're having like, God, okay, well, how are we going to do this? So like, show me, you know, and I, I'm praying or hoping that when you have the answer, I mean, I would like to know when God tells you the answer. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a short story. Um, so I'm very bubbly on social media. And then this guy slides into my DM and he goes, oh, you know, he we start a conversation and he goes, oh, um, he's looking for a relationship. He's looking to get married, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, that's great. Um, I'm looking for friendship. I'm not looking to get married again. This guy ghosted me. Ouch. <laughs> he ghosted me. And I'm like, ouch. And then he came back again and he was like, oh, that are you still, you know, not wanting to get married? I said, yeah, yeah that, absolutely. I don't want to get married again. So why did you ghost me? It was like, ah. But you need a man in your life. You, you know, you need marriage. I said, no, I don't need marriage. I need God. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we decide that conversation. But the point of the matter is that people don't get people don't get it, and that's okay. You know, as long as I'm I'm continuing that conversation, it's an ongoing conversation. So you don't have to get it, and that is okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, people will ghost you. Mm -hmm. Basically. Wow. That's deep. And again, I think it's because we've made marriage this ultimate goal. Like if you're yes, not sorry, in sorry. somebody, mm, MRS no. is a degree. Come on, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's a whole. I think that's a whole separate conversation. That if we start unpacking that, we'll be here for yeah. hours. You know, but I'm really praying and hoping that God will help us walk that journey with Him to have our own revelation 
about. Absolutely. Even for those who are married, smiling and suffering, you know. And I think that that leads me, yeah. yeah, that leads me to to my um, next question. When when I'm done here, you, there's something you've been saying throughout this podcast, which is I made the decision. I made the decision, and I just find it so profound that you owned it. You're owning it. Mm-hmm. You are not shifting the decision you had to make for yourself to someone else. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that, um, well, and another thing you said before I get to the question was how you saw God help you through it all. And I've spoken to a few friends who are divorced. And when they talk, they always talk about how God helped them through it. And that is not a conversation the church in court is having because they're already no, judging you. Oh, yeah. But then divorces yeah. are seeing God helping them in the, <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? It's just mind-boggling. But I guess I'm saying all of this to say that, just like you rightly said, God hates divorce, but he loves the person. He loves people first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's not going to watch you die in a marriage and then get to mm-hmm. heaven and say, ah, but God, you said you hate divorce. And so I stayed, <laughs> you know. And then, this, you know, you st- some women stay and die. Because exactly. Either out of depression, either the man killing them or something. So... And they just die before their time, before they've even done what God sent them to do on earth. But the question I wanted to ask you is, there's there's probably someone here listening who is in that contemplative stage. And it's like, hey, if I leave, what will happen? What will people say? And they're just in that space of making that decision. What What would you advise to such a person who is contemplating because again it's not an easy decision to make it's not it's not so what would your advice be to someone um, who's I, contemplating I, I, would, I would i would i would suggest because I'm, I'm i'm who am i to advise anybody i'm still learning but i would suggest that do all you do all you can do all you can to save your marriage but when you get to that point because we always we all get to that point of knowing when it is time I can't tell you, oh, you need to leave your marriage. Or I can't tell you, ah. But when you know that it's time, live with dignity, live without any bitterness. It's hard, but that's when God comes in. You know, my thing, what so many scriptures became real to me in this process. Scriptures like, he will make all things work together for, the, for, for good, for they that love him and are called according to his purpose. I saw that it became my reality. It became my reality. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It became my reality. You know, David's, Davidic Psalms, they became my reality. The Lord is the light of my, these are the things that became my reality. So for me, do all you can. And then when you get to that point, God will carry you. Don't think that, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting divorced, so it's not God's thing. God loves you and he will carry you if you let him. And he will, he will send you the right people for that season in your life. You know, so for me, it's just God. God, God, and then God. Wow, I'm just taking all of that in, you know, and it just it just emphasizes how important it is to know God for yourself, you oh, know, yes. know God for yourself, have a relationship with God, you know, because life will stop in many ways, you know, and when life stops, what happens? You know, yeah. God is our anchor, God is our our sustenance. He's the one that we go to for meaning, mm-hmm. you know. And again, for anyone listening who doesn't know God, who doesn't have a relationship with God, this is that part where we say leaning to God, you know, call on him and he will hear you. And he would he would take you on this beautiful journey where he shows up for you as a good God, as a loving father. You know, so we 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 hope that our listeners are so encouraged by your story because we are, you know, we are just so encouraged, just listening and hearing how God is helping you, how 
you know, if anyone meets you, that their first experience of you is joy, you know, is, is, is laughter, you know, and, and that is testament to the work that God is doing, you know, and mm-hmm. he'll continue to do. And it's so powerful because we are not what we've been through. No, you know, no. we don't look like what we've been oh, through no, because, because God is helping us. So thank you so much for sharing this, you know, and it's okay. been such an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast, you know, and I'm so delighted to be here. <laughs> You know, but before you go, um, mm. any final words to an, to our listeners? How can people connect with you? If anyone wants to reach out to you and say, please, should we speak over me? You know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that I can speak over people. But yes, I... you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um. My last thing is God, God, and God. Um, God, God, God would not come. God is not a God of the Catholic Church, the Anglican Church, the Protestants, or the Pentecostal Church. God is love, and love is a beautiful thing. And even what, I, I hate to say no matter what people go through, because whatever you're going through is valid. Whatever you're going through, that is your experience. But then God will, God God will still meet you in the midst of the storm if you let him. He will come, you know, in the encouraging words of a friend. He will come in the in the singing of the birds. He will come in the little things and in the big things. You, God is always there and you just have to open yourself up to him and he will carry you through the storm. No, I, I hate to say no matter, but he will carry you through your storm. Whatever that storm is, God will carry you through it if you let him. So yeah, and yeah, I'm on social media. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram. You can catch my news. I don't even know what my Instagram handle is. It's my life in the outside. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm available whenever you. I I don't know how to do these things, but yeah. <laughs> don't worry. We will include your contact details in the show notes just for anyone who wants to reach out to you. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm, and I just want to say that what, what you guys are doing, speaking on speaking on life's difficult conversations, um, I commend you. I applaud you. It's not easy to have these conversations, especially in the times that we're in, that everybody's so judgmental. Everybody's, you know, everybody feels like they have the secret to life's, you know, whatever. But you guys are having honest, honest, um, difficult conversations. And I must applaud you. You know, um, you're you're bringing it to people. You're speaking life to people. So, you know, continue. That's what I want to say. Continue. Thank you so much, Ruby. That really, really means a lot to us. Thank you for encouraging us. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> thank you is all I will say. <laughs> well, um, well, we don't want to put you under pressure, but we will like you to say a word of prayer over anyone who is in that space of they are either contemplating a divorce or they are actually they've started the process, or mm-hmm. someone who's even in a toxic marriage right now and is stop they don't even know what to do can you just say a word of prayer over this group of people before i do let me just say that not every toxic marriage ends in divorce Mm. you know god is a god of turnaround he can turn around certain situations Mm. so again like we have been saying no god for yourself no god for your own situation and let him you know let him carry you through and having said that i just want to thank God for life. I thank God. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share words of encouragement, words that hopefully will make a difference in somebody's life. Um, I ask that, Lord, you will bring comfort to the brokenhearted. Father, I pray that you bring direction. I pray that, you know, whoever is listening to this um, and are going through a very difficult, toxic situation, Father, I pray that you cause them to see your light at the end of the tunnel and you bring people who will help them to walk towards that light and you know find joy again in jesus name amen 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 Amen. 
Wow, what a session. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shubi, for being so real and for sharing so powerfully with us. You know, and I trust that our listeners have been able to g- gain some insights and clarity and encouragement from your journey. You know, and we pray that for everyone who has listened to us today, that God will give you the grace and wisdom required so that you know, regardless of where you are in your relationship, that you can heal from the pain of it all, you know, and find the courage to move forward. So thank you so much, Shubi. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And indeed, to our listeners, remember that God loves you. That is like the ultimate thing. God loves you and is able to lead you and guide you every step of your way, whatever that way looks like. And all that said, don't forget to leave us a comment if this episode has blessed you. If you want to ask any questions, please leave a comment. Rate us on any podcast apps. We'll be putting Shubi's details um, in the show notes so you can reach out to her. If you want to slide into her DM too, that's uh-huh. okay. No, right? No? <laughs> oh, slide, slide. Let the sliding begin. <laughs> Yeah, so please leave us um, a comment on the podcast. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at whenlifestops.org. We look forward, we always look forward to hearing from you. And we want to thank all our listeners for being a part of this journey with us. Wow, wow, wow. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We hope you found this episode valuable. Like we always say, we pray that you find grace to move forward and find new meaning to life after loss. So guys, it's bye-bye. Till Um, next time. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. 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 Bye.